I've been thinking a lot about the future lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you could share with me one thing that you are anxious about in the future and perhaps one thing that you are excited about. Oh gosh, this is so easy for me to answer because I'm moving. <laughs> uh, I'm moving to Durham for my new postdoc. And so on the one hand, I'm like super excited. I just signed a lease for an apartment today. <gasps> so oh my goodness. I'm really excited. Um, but I'm also you know, anxious about getting all the pieces together, mm-hmm. like moving, um, mm-hmm. figuring out yeah, all what to do all, with all my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that that particular thing, it serves both purposes, right? Both yeah. like anxiety and excitement. Yeah. Um, like it, it's like they go hand in hand and I, it's like I can choose. It's like a mood like, oh, I can choose to be anxious right. or excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually feel the same way. I would have mm-hmm. answered probably this the same way. I'm not moving anywhere, but um, we do have two trips that we've booked. Mm. We're going to Sedona next weekend. <gasps> oh my gosh, Sedona's so nice. I love Sedona. <laughs> I was there last. I was there last spring, right before the pandemic. Really? Oh hit. wow! Yeah, yeah, right before the quarantine. So we're flying into Phoenix, and then we're driving to Sedona, and then for Memorial Day weekend, we're flying to SF or San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then driving to Big Sur and staying there for two <gasps> days. And you know, I haven't traveled in like a year for pleasure mm-hmm. and. We're both fully vaccinated. And so I'm excited, but I'm, I'm anxious. I'm not really even anxious about getting sick. I'm just anxious about like being around people because I just haven't been. <laughs> it's weird. So it's like, yeah. yeah. It's like, am I going to be able to enjoy myself? I don't know, hopefully. But um, yeah, so a little bit of both in there as we're, as we're planning for these really fun trips. I am particularly excited to dive into the world of tarot reading. And see whether my emotions line up with what reading that you give me today. I'm excited too. Let's get into it. Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. All right, Sunny. So I have done a tarot reading before with a Mm. friend. I think this was like not too long ago, but I don't honestly remember much. And I don't really know the context of tarot reading and like Mm. where it comes from or even like why it's used. You know, I think so many things have been co-opted by capitalism. We talked about the mindfulness industry being one. So I'm curious if you could share with me first, like before we dive into you giving me a tarot reading. Can you tell me, like, what is the history of it? What's the context? Where did it even originate? Yeah, so my knowledge of tarot isn't that vast or deep in the sense of, like, 
I'm not a researcher of tarot, but <laughs> I have this one deck that I really love by Barbara Walter. And she's more of like a scholarly figure. And she, in her introduction to the to her deck, she explains the history. And so, so she says that their use in Europe was recorded in the 14th century and came from probably came from Southeast Asia, mm. where um, these sacred books or these sacred like cards, I guess, served mm-hmm. to educate the illiterate lay population of spiritual principles and ideas. Hmm. That's why tarot cards have so many symbols in in mm-hmm. them. It's supposed to guide someone to create meaning without knowing language, like written language. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very and cool. mm-hmm, yeah, and they also served this um, religious spiritual purpose to educate the uh, people on on those spiritual ideas. People who do tarot in in the historical context, were they also kind of like missionaries? Were they trying to like spread the gospel, so to speak, about like different theories um, and spiritual practices? Or was it just kind of like a a thing that communities did and wasn't necessarily like, let's go spread this elsewhere? The book Hmm. doesn't really say much about that, but... So they would actually come in books. So it's mm-hmm. it's like a picture book, but then um, people started using them as like a game, like for divinatory purposes mm-hmm. in the in closer to the way that we use them now uh, right. later. And it seems like this was kind of like a phenomenon that uh, was not like planned or mm-hmm. um, not doctrine. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in my interpretive sense, it's like it, these cards books were considered sacred objects and um if i think about the history of even like paganism like how people experienced objects and things as being very um connected to the divine Mm -hmm. right i can see how you would find sacred meaning from like a card a random card that you pulled from the deck one day sure sure something interesting is that this use of divinatory cards and um, spiritual religious cards and books, they were generally and mostly used by gypsies whose origins are from Hindustan. Mm. But then during the Inquisition, there was this huge censorship around Mm. uh, the tarot. And hence, much of its, um, how should I say, goddess worship and hmm. woman worship, mother worship thing mm-hmm. was kind of stripped from the tarot to kind of like the version, a version that we have today. And so her version of the tarot plays with and incorporates these more older symbols of like woman, goddess, mm-hmm. divine, feminine, divine. It's like honoring the older versions that were stripped away. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> so the plan is I'm going to do a collective reading for those who are tuning in and who will tune in the future. But before I do that, I want to give Jamie a personal reading so she can remember uh, what it's all about. <gasps> so fun. Okay, let's do it. Something I like to do is just a very general past, present, future card. Um, okay. Another way to focus the reading is to then think about, okay, well, the past, present, future, in what realms? So you can think like generally three most popular ones are romance, work, 
and spirit? Um, let's do spirit. Mm, okay. The way I think about the cards is it just there are these prompts that help clarify particular aspects of your current life. Right. And the Rider Waite um, tarot, which is the most common traditional tarot, classic tarot, I, I mean, all tarot cards are based on this idea of a full human life. So mm. the first uh, major arcana that opens the tarot is the... Yeah, it's the fool, and then it's the magician. But anyway, each major arcana and each card within the minor suits, they they all express or theoretically express a phase or mm-hmm. a facet of human life. At the end, it's kind of like, okay, this is a full whole life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a whole life um, is contained in a tarot deck. It's kind of um, mm-hmm. the life's lessons are contained in tarot deck isn't that really cool that someone like thought of that but and I think it's also just important to recognize too like I mean when I was younger I remember maybe this was like high school or college and you walk along kind of these like markets and you see like a tarot reader you know like oh come Mm -hmm. you know come here I'll I'll tell you your future and I always was so scared I literally was like I don't want Mm -hmm. someone to tell me my future because it, it will limit me and it will like create these boundaries from which I now will see myself within, you know, but I think like that was again, kind of an example of a co-opting of what tarot reading is. It's not necessarily like, this is your future. This is what's going to happen to you. It's more of um, opportunities to reflect and interpret your present and how you might be able to kind of grow and, and evolve um, in, in the future, like as the future kind of unfolds um, before you. Does that seem right? Or how would you kind of differentiate like, oh, I'm going to tell you your future versus what tarot reading actually is? Well, first, I, in my worldview, there's no way to tell the future. Right. Um, right. But what I like the tarot for, because we are doing a past, present, future thing Mm -hmm. is you get to put on a lens for how to view and create meaning out of the past present and future and Mm -hmm. the future card for me too is essentially like I like to think of it like an anchor like Mm -hmm. an idea or concept that's going to help guide me as I move forward so it's and the tarot is never um, prescriptive like there are so many ways to read the tarot um and I think actually a really good tarot reader will not go let the cards dictate the meaning of the whole reading. Mm. They will allow themselves to, mm, I guess, go with the flow right. and see like, <laughs> well, there are these symbols, there's this um, interpretation that can also be had. And so it has a lot to do with, I think of the tarot as an intuitive tool. Like it allows Mm -hmm. you to tap into your intuition, like what feels right? What is the, what is the truth that feels Mm -hmm. uh, resonant with you? Which is essentially what mindfulness and meditation is a corollary to, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, let's sit in our breath and, Mm -hmm. and, and really dig into our feelings and how our body feels and create that kind of mind, body, heart connection that we talked about a lot in season one. Um, so this is just another tool to do that. Right. Yeah. 
cool. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to shuffle the cards. Um, this is for the past, present. Whoa. And that card just flew out of the deck. And then the future. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the mystery of um of reading tarot. Oh, this is so, so interesting. Uh, so in the past, you've got five of cups. It stands for regret. The reason why is because there are five cups and one is spilled. Hmm. Um, and you're usually, and in this deck, it's a couple that their backs are turned hmm. away from one another. And neither of them can see that there are still four cups left standing. Hmm but it is upside down. And usually upside down means there is a um, kind of like an opposite meaning or a different meaning than mm. the card intends or an evolved meaning too. And then uh, the present card is Queen of Wands, very fiery. Um, her name is Hell. So this is the character. Ooh. She okay. is petting this giant serpent holding a <laughs> wand on the other hand. Um, is this the universe's way of telling me that I am a Slytherin? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, and the future is seven of cups. You have this guy leaning against this tree like mm -hmm. thing. And there's this mystical woman pouring something on him. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for me, the past card feels pretty clear. It seems like there might have been a regret or related to a relationship that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. um, and it might have been very easy for you to focus on the bad aspects of that and mm. of that relationship. But now that you're looking back, you actually realize that so much more was so much good was there hmm. and resulted from whatever you thought was bad. So that's how I am intuitively, this mm -hmm. is what I'm intuitively sensing from this card being upside down. Hmm. Um, and would you say that this is a relationship that was, like it could be, I've been a friendship. It could have been a work mm -hmm. relationship. It could have been any relationship with someone. Any relationship. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, there's a, a few things I, I think about when I, when you say that, especially since it was upside down of like, mm -hmm. um, you know, there is this good that came out of it because of that regret potentially. Mm -hmm. um, one of them was a, a former love of mine, my first love. What? <laughs> Um, his name is Philip and we were off and on for years and, uh, he actually might've already even shared this with you back in college. Cause we started dating when, during my senior year, he is a conservative libertarian white male from the South. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you know me, that's very huge surprise <laughs> to have fallen in love and met yeah. someone like that. And and that's where the, the struggle and challenge came from, right? It really stemmed from, from that. And then also just not 
really having the maturity on both of our ends on how to communicate our values, how to really, really communicate in an effective way. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily have regrets, but when I think about him, I get sad because we became like family to one another. And I think because of all of the complications and maybe turmoil, we just drifted apart. And, you know, I've reached out a couple of times and he hasn't really shown any interest in responding. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also okay for that chapter to close, but at the same time, I think back like what could have been, you know, and not, not, not even from a romantic sense, but from a friendship perspective. Right. Did you try to reach out to him like recently? Is that why he's on your mind? Um, no, not recently. No, it's just when we, when I think about past relationships where there's like regret or some sort of like good that can, you know, like that's, that's the one I think of because it was Mm. the biggest one in terms of like life forming, you know, life informing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think about him and then I also think about my, my last work relationship, um, that ended up with me being let go. And, you know, this was a boss who was very particular and very difficult to work for. And, um, but coming out of that, I learned so much about what I am capable of and what I can say no to, you know? And so emerging from that was like, I will never be an assistant again. (laughs) I'm better than that. (laughs) And so having that experience was like, again, led me to all the different steps of us getting reconnected, starting the podcast, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think of that, that like love relationship and that work relationship. It's really interesting that you mentioned your work relationship and like the dynamic of a boss and, Mm -hmm. um, his employee or a director and assistant because, um, character, there are two characters in the car and one of them is sitting on top of the stairs and the other character is sitting on the bottom of the stairs. Mm. Yeah. So there is a sense of like a hierarchical Power, power structure. Power structure, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was also the case with Philip, too, for mm-hmm. sure. There was always this kind of like toss and tuggle for power in our relationship. We were not mature enough to come to the table, you know, seeking kind of shared power, right? It was like, right. I had the upper hand. Now you have the upper hand. And now I have to, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right, right, right. And you're like, that's, you learned your spirit lesson. That's not a healthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so Queen of Wands, Wands stands for fire. So it's very like passionate, a lot of power behind um, the mm-hmm. Queen of Wands. But in this deck, the Queen of Wands refers to H-E-L, known as the Queen of the Dead. Hmm. Yeah, so Hell is comes from the Vikings. She's known as Mother Hell or Holy. And so she's kind of this mother figure who signifies rebirth. Mm. Yeah. And with that image, she, Barbara Walter, adds the qualities, the more traditional qualities of the Queen of Wands, who is known for being very warm, benevolent, Mm 
um, comforting, but also very fiery, right? Like it's, you mm-hmm. want to think about like the feminine qualities of fire, like it's comforting, it's illuminating, but at the same time, if it goes out of hand, it can burn <laughs> the whole village down, right? Like burn it all to the ground. <laughs> yeah, passion, very passionate. And that's what yeah. I'm getting here um, yeah. is that there is this passion, there is this drive and perhaps the spiritual angle that you might meditate on mm-hmm. is how you are taming your fire. Yeah. Like that's literally what she's doing. She is, she has this wild giant serpent under her hand mm-hmm. and she's petting it. And that's the kind of image that I'm getting here is that perhaps throughout the past, you have awakened to your spiritual power, mm-hmm. your uh, what you can do and accomplish, your fortitude, what you can offer others. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like how to draw on those gifts and powers with boundaries. Like, yeah. 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 With mindfulness. <laughs> yeah. So right? that the snake yeah. doesn't eat you. Like, oh, that's this reminds me of the wolf story that we. Right. That we, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it's so fascinating when you share that because I, I actually think about my mom in this case, which mm-hmm. then when I thought about my mom made me think of the past card and was like, oh, if I could also think of a relationship, a personal mm-hmm. relationship that holds a lot of like regret mm-hmm. is kind of like how my mom and I's relationship has never really been one of comfort or one of authenticity, but one of like shame or just challenge, you know, and I think recently we've we're trying to open up and become more vulnerable with one another, but all the things you're describing about this like fiery woman who is also warm and can be compassionate, but like needs to make sure that things don't get, you know, out of control. It's like, mm-hmm. that's my mother too. And that's so mm-hmm. fascinating because like I derive a lot of those characteristics from my mom. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's one of those things where Sometimes you're, you know, you're your own worst enemy, right? If you, if you let the storytelling of the mind, the rumination get out of control, or if you let your passions get the best of you without any clear boundaries or, or mindfulness, it becomes the best of you, you know? Yeah. And it, this conversation is reminding me of uh, the episode we had about our mothers Yeah, because it, it was, I remember that episode because we discussed how there came a point when we both realized we are like our mothers that our mothers are are within us and yeah. so then how can you stay angry at her or whatever not like her without not liking yourself and yeah. i think it's so interesting that you bring up your mother because she, she is mother hell um the right. queen of the dead but also somehow related to the rebirth um of the sun the viking celebrated her during the midwinter solstice wow so it's speaking That's so beautiful to, yeah, so it's speaking to that duality of the divine mm-hmm. mother, right? Like mm-hmm. vengeful, protective, like fiery, and on the other hand, very nurturing. And mm-hmm. it also reminds me um, that you you turn 30 this year, right? Yeah. So in the world of astrology, I think <laughs> that when you turn 30 is when you're, is like the age of maturation. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, it, it's like a sign that. It's like a cycle. Yeah, it's a cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I also love that when they're in referring to like mother of the dead, 
it's like where, the, where there's death, there's rebirth. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's also just a matter of um, your mindset and how you, how you frame it too. Right. On, and how on, you can contain that paradox. Right. You, that paradox. you can contain that paradox. Yeah. You're the master of that polarity. Right. Yeah. Holding and I multiple think, truths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> that is the spiritual moment that you're in. Like you're dealing with that. Right realization that responsibility yeah Yeah. i love it okay cool okay so then to the future card seven of cups it says dream Hmm. and the seven of cups speaks to poetic vision insight or revelation but it also speaks to possible the possibility of illusion and delusion. Mm. So I think part of what this card brings up for me is that with all of these spiritual evolutionary cycles that you're going through, part of the power of holding that polarity, right, of birth and death is this sense that you could have your dream like that you could Mm -hmm. imagine more than what you had before because what was before is gone new Mm -hmm. slate you can build um what you want and with that comes ambition drive and all of those things and i think what your next hmm, how should i say like spiritual lesson right learning Mm -hmm. moment I think will hinge around being able to set good clarity, but like the clarity of like, what do I want? How much of what I want is influenced by something else or what some mm-hmm. other people are saying or what, and how much of it is driven by what I really want and mm-hmm. how much of it is aligned with, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with alignment and clarity. Like sometimes what can happen even in the realm of spirituality, right, is that you you start daydreaming really Mm -hmm. impractically. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so it's also about um, being grounded to your own material limits, to what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's so interesting because I feel like that card really pairs well with the present card. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it is all about cultivating a little bit of some control with mm-hmm. your passions, but also with your dreams mm-hmm. and with, you know, the beyond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's so interesting. It's like, I, I, I think when I was younger and this, so it's, it's so funny to like incorporate elements of the past within this mm-hmm, future card, because mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was really, really idealistic and really optimistic. And I'm not saying that yeah. I'm not like that now, but I am a little bit more jaded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 30. I like, I've mm-hmm. seen things fail mm-hmm. and I've seen, you know, us try to do things a certain way and it just doesn't work. And, um, and so as I get older, I do think I am becoming more and more grounded um, in that realm, but in the realm of spirituality, in the realm of like kind of just coming into my own in terms of my spirituality and my 
in the practice of meditation and mindfulness, it's, it feels new to me. Right. And it feels like that idealistic, like, Mm -hmm. I've just discovered this whole new world and way of thinking and approach. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm, I, I can sense that, like that little giddiness of like the idealism, right. Creeping back up. And so it's, yeah, that's kind of what I think about. And it really, really aligns with what you're saying. Right. Like idealism is only bad if it's not grounded. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, and part of, you know, in the traditional writer weight tarot, the seven of cups um, also speaks to having lots of choices and being mm-hmm. faced with many choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the one hand, it's a very abundant card, but also none of the choices, um, like you're kind of unsure, like that's the, um, flip side of it is you might be faced with that challenge of how do you make the choice, the right choice for you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is, this is really neat and it's giving mm-hmm. me a lot to think about. And also at the same time, it's like not necessarily anything new has come up for me, right? It's just a way of like interpreting my experience and my perspective in a fresh way, a way that's yeah. like, oh, okay, like, yeah, this isn't new. Like, of course, I've thought about, you know, my stubbornness and my passion. And of course, I've thought about like regrets with my, you know, relationships and whatever. Um, but this is just another way to think about it, you know? And it's an opportunity for you to work it out as you're talking about it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. During this episode, Sunny delivers a tarot reading using a deck by Barbara Walter who reflects a uniquely feminist perspective of tarot, along with multicultural, religious, and pagan symbols from around the world. What you won't hear, though, is that Sunny did another separate reading for me using a specifically AAPI deck created by the Asian American Literary Review. Check out that full reading, which will be posted on our IG Live. And if you're interested in other tarot decks, check out Brown Girl Tarot, created by Amanda Michelle Jones, a healer who uses social work, tarot, and astrology to help people through art therapy. You can find out more at browngirltarot.com. The COVID-19 crisis in India has not gotten much better, as it nears a total of 25.5 million infections and nearly 300,000 deaths. With overcrowded hospitals and massive shortages of oxygen and other life-saving supplies, India still needs our help. If you have the ability to donate, we encourage you to do so at covid.giveindia.org. If our show resonates with you, follow us on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. Subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We're so grateful for your support. Well, I am really pumped to do this um, from a collective perspective and not just Jamie Wu's life, but perhaps thinking about how the past, present, and future cards are informing our community. And so can't wait to get into it. (sighs) So I'm going to do the same thing, past, present, future, but um, we won't have... A particular theme to it like we did for Jamie um, because at the end of the day it's for general readings like this it's more important to leave things open-ended so that mm-hmm. the any individual person of that collective has room to um, add mm-hmm. their own insight into the reading 
So for the past, the collective, we have the world card. The mm. present, we have the empress. Those, Both of those, they're, actually, they're all major arcana cards. And the future, we have the hanged man. So the world card speaks of a cycle um, ending and beginning. Mm. And the thing that immediately comes to mind is just COVID. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> just how, yeah. How it's kind of like a, I mean, there is death and now mm-hmm. we're coming into rebirth, right? Of like mm-hmm. a new world. We're coming into a new world. But yeah, as, as part of our past, that's really interesting. I also think about how that sense of the world going through something together brought about this very community. Right. So it is right. something that is shared among and us. And even with, even with the literal global uproar mm-hmm. um coming out of the George Floyd murder right mm-hmm. the the black lives matter protests yeah. that erupted in like so many countries across the planet mm-hmm. that too is you know cultivating community coming together out of this really dark dark time yeah 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 and so then the present card is the empress card she represents Mother Earth, abundance, richness, mm. timeless wisdom. And in this card, you see her on a kind of throne at the entrance of a cave. Mm-hmm. And there is a large dove flying above. She's holding a lily and there is uh, a waterfall behind her. Hmm. So what could that mean? Or how could we interpret that in our present moment? Well, The first image that comes to mind is her being outside of the cave. Mm. So there is a sense of like, well, she's after the fool and the magician and then it's the empress. So if we think about the fool as this mm, person who doesn't know anything and Mm -hmm. is just very innocent and because of that innocence and ignorance, they're very mm, brave, right? And and in a way, reckless. But it also speaks to like unmanifested potential energy. That's how I think about the fool. Okay. And the magician is similarly like the masculine side of that unmanifested energy. Mm. Um, And in terms of yin and yang, yang refers to the more like mind things, right? Like Mm. intellectual, intellectual, um, energetic um fast moving mm-hmm. things like that and the empress comes after she's the yin and so she's talking about the car talks about like material groundedness and structure right mm-hmm. and s- slow moving things but it's um it's a it also speaks to a certain kind of like passivity but not in the sense of like oh i'm weak or anything like that but I'm going to lay back and Mm. let things happen the way they're supposed to. Mm. And so the Empress, to me in this car, talks about this moment of being laid back, letting Mm. things uh, unfold as they are and being accepting and appreciative of all of that. Mm. It also, personally, thinking about our podcast and our audience, I also think that perhaps many members of this collective have done a lot of work 
or mm-hmm. have many a lot of things that they're harvesting right now mm-hmm. like they did a lot of work maybe they did a lot of spiritual work mental health work or mm-hmm. connecting with that world of the past um even in the past card and now they're kind of sitting back and allowing the fruits of all of that work to emerge and to be enjoyed mm. this actually really makes me think of um I'm part of this group called the Young Entertainment Activists, mm. and we created a whole slate of programming and events for Mental Health Awareness Month, which is May, um, which is also the month that this episode mm-hmm. will be <laughs> will mm-hmm. be released. And as we were planning this, there was like, you know, I, I'm doing a meditation and kind of anxiety relief workshop. And as we were planning these events, which we started planning back in March, one thing that I kept saying was, okay, everyone we're doing events for mental health awareness month. So just make sure you're taking care of your mental health. We're <laughs> yeah. working on these things, right? Like this, yeah. these are supposed to bring us joy and bring us some comfort. And if you're getting really stressed out about planning your event or, you know, deadlines and, you know, expectations, et cetera, like take, let's take a step back and like, remember why we're doing this in the first place. And if it's not serving your mental health, then like, then, then let's reevaluate, you know, and that's kind of how I see that in terms of like, let's be mindful of all of the work that we're putting in, all the labor that we're putting in so that we're not going to be these victims of burnout, but like constantly checking in and, and, and giving the, ourselves grace and the space to enjoy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think this card more than anything represents rest enjoyment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like it um okay the future so then the future so the future card we have the hanged man Mm, so intriguing hanged man he represents a figure who is on the verge of enlightenment and it speaks to a quiet but persistent level of suffering Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a kind of suffering that is like, look at how peaceful the hangman looks, even though he's mm. hanging upside down by the ankle. Okay. So this is what Barbara Walter has to say about the hangman. So hanging by one leg was a medieval custom called baffling. It's was considered a non-lethal punishment of humiliation. It was to bring disgrace upon the person who was um, enduring it. And then she brings attention to how these kinds of, it's kind of like a ritual in humiliation and how it marks a moment of initiation. So it allows you to experience a a certain kind of egoic death right like what is humiliation it's like Mm -hmm. who threatened what does humiliation threaten the most it's the ego and so the hanged man can be interpreted as a kind of voluntary mode of sacrifice or suffering or patient endurance uh, with the knowing that something better is going is about to come like that all of that Mm-hmm. quiet suffering or enduring and it might just be like the tail end of burnout or fatigue right. right like when you're just hanging in there but you know that there is a bright light at the end of the tunnel that 
all of this will have been for something and that it's not forever. You know, the the first thing I think of actually um, is the Derek Chauvin trial mm. and how all of these people for the last year, everyone and, and specifically the black community have been on pins and needles waiting mm-hmm. for this verdict. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like, feeling the sense of suffering of like, just mm-hmm. like agony. Right. Cause like it could have gone the other mm-hmm. way so easily. Cause it has yeah. every time in the past. Right. Yeah. And then we're able to like breathe a collective sigh of relief mm-hmm. um, at the trial, of course, you know, taking into consideration that there were still other acts of violence and murder even taking place that week. And e- even the same day mm-hmm. that, the hope is then with this type of card is that we're enduring the suffering, but that there hopefully is a light at the end of the, t- of the tunnel, right? That that change is being made slowly, deliberately, but it's getting there. That's kind of the first thing I thought of at least. Mm, I love that. I love that because it speaks to how like in this present moment, we might there might be some fruits of our labor that we're enjoying, right? Like mm-hmm. it's spring, things are getting warmer, the vaccine is out. But mm-hmm. I think the hangman in the position of indicating something about the future kind of reminds us of like the longer trajectory of um, our spiritual journey, mm-hmm. our development and dreams. Yeah. That reminds us that something was initiated with the world card. And that there is still work to be done, right? To achieve um, that enlightenment, whatever that means for us in terms of justice and and healing. And something I love to do after a reading is to pull the the top card and the bottom card to kind of be like the beginning and the end. I like to, yeah, I like to think about like, well, what is the overarching Mm -hmm. starting point and end point for this reading. And it's so interesting because I pulled um, the seven of swords for the beginning card. Okay. So, and it talks about opposition Hmm. and I just can't like, it just fits right next to the world card. Yeah. (laughs) As like the beginning of um, all that strife Mm -hmm. of like, People, are we going to wear masks or not? Oh my gosh, the Trump, um, the revolution thing happened. The failed revolution happened too during COVID. Right, right. Yeah. And then the last card, we have 10 of cups. In the traditional Rider Waite tarot, 10 of cups speaks of fulfillment. It Mm -hmm. usually has an image of a family together and it's Mm. in celebration they have that house there they have kids sometimes (laughs) they have a dog yeah right and sometimes there's the elderly it talks about community like true fulfillment all your cups are full and yeah but it's interesting that in the barbara walter tarot deck which is the one that we're using it says salvation and it has a man who's holding the 10th cup in his hand um, and is kneeling. And there's this woman in white who's guiding him to um, mm. what we might think of as salvation, but it's like this castle at the, on top of this right. mountain and, and talks about the Holy Grail. And so whatever that might mean for you in terms of 
life purpose, mm-hmm. uh, life meaning. Ten of Cups speaks to the fulfillment of that thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The achievement of a quest. And how appropriate to, for that to be next to the hanged man. Yeah. As a yeah. person, as a figure who's waiting for that, that achievement. salvation. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, what an adventure that we just went on for the last hour or so talking through um, kind of my reading and my journey and then also our collective and communal reading and journey. Um, I love this. I want to do this more often. This was so fun. And I hope, you know, to also bring on perhaps guests that can speak to astrology and the stars and the universe, you know, greater than us. Um, and how that kind of speaks to new insights and, and introspection yeah. as well. I know that astrology and tarot actually are very complementary systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and people incorporate astrology in their tarot readings for sure. And I'm definitely not an expert in tarot. I just know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, why don't we hop into our affirmations of the week to round everything out and mm. um, and to kind of breathe a, a sigh of love and comfort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Sunny, could you do us the great honor of sharing with us our affirmations of the week? Absolutely. If you'll take a moment to pause whatever you're doing, place your hand on your heart or belly, As you repeat after me in your inner voice, something amazing is happening for me. Something amazing is happening for you. Something amazing is happening for us. Oh, I love how simple those are, but how powerful it feels together, right? It's creating this like shared comfort and shared mm-hmm. power, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Between you and me and everyone who's listening, this community that we've created. Oh, gave me tingles. Yay! <laughs> well, this has been such a fun episode, as I said earlier. And, um, you know, we want to keep doing these types of discoveries and explorations into our our stories and our experiences. And so we hope that you'll continue tuning in. And if you have experience with tarot reading, let us know and share with mm-hmm. us what you've heard about your past, present, and future. Um, we can't wait to connect. Yeah, if any of the messages resonated with you. Alrighty, well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you and hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie at Jamie Wu.